Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tech Magic, a podcast where we cover all the tech news, gaming news, innovation, anything you can imagine in the tech space. And uh, we are happy to be back for our first full episode of 2024. And I'm joined again by my guest co-host, Lee Keebler. Lee, how was your end of year? What's up? Oh, my end of year was horrible. Uh, I think I think I, with the rest of the country, got whatever bug just mm-hmm. rammed the 2024 Happy New Year celebrations right into the ground. It was... It was gnarly. It was bad, uh, but I'm feeling better. I <laughs> well, hope you I had a better the, New Year. I had a I great did. time. I escaped to the tropics, uh, <laughs> so I went to Costa Rica with the family. That was wonderful. Some ki- some of the family members did get sick down there, so I, they brought the bug with them. But in the tropics, it was a lot faster to get over it. So um, it was wonderful. We had a lovely time. Um, I have a new a new little nephew that decided to come a couple weeks early, which was fine. So we got to oh, meet him in person. And yeah, it was great. It was like the perfect trip in that sense. And yeah, I went to spend time on the beach. And I know we're going to get into the whole Apple thing, but I'd say I'm ready. Like I've been filming in spatial video and we'll get into it. But during mm. the whole vacation, I, you know, I had an iPhone 15 Pro Max. I'm shooting spatial video, memories of the family. So we can relive those one day in the Apple Vision Pro. So wonderful experience. I had gotten some bad news at the beginning of December. Um, you know, just, I'm not going to get into it, but, uh, so it took a couple, a couple of weeks to kind of get back on my feet, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been wonderful. And I am so ready to, I'm so ready. 2023 is over. Let's, let's get this going with 24. <laughs> I am so ready for this 24 to kind of start off. We, we had some good things in 2023. You know, we got, yeah. uh, we got, we launched decent, the podcast. <laughs> we launched, we launched the podcast that that's, that's a highlight. Uh, we got the meta quest three mm-hmm. that, that was a good piece of hardware. Um, and chat, it was definitely the year chat GPT decided to, to pop up and, in, inject itself into every facet of our lives. Uh, so depending on who you talk to, that's a yeah. good thing or a, who <laughs> Depends knows? if you're we'll the New York Times or who you are. <laughs> I know you've got a lot of thoughts on that one. Oh, I read the rundown sheet for today's episode and I'm going to make <laughs> friends and enemies. It's going to be great. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So let's get started with it. Um, so big news in our space and, you know, a uh, huge, huge start to CES. Um, so as hands, right, like as information, like I was supposed to be on a plane on the way to CES, but then we had horrible weather. 
on the East Coast, delays, cancellations. Yeah. I ended up having to not be able to show up for a panel I was doing because it was just impossible. Uh, to I always want to go to CES. I've been twice, mm-hmm. but it's been like a decade. I always want to go to oh. CES. I hate that it's in January. I, like, I'll just say the yeah. quiet part out loud. It is just hard. You don't want to go to a conference right after all of the holidays and all the family and you got whatever bug you, you caught on the airplane coming back. And then it's all of a sudden like, yeah, and now we're going to do the largest technology conference in the world in Las Vegas. And I'm just like, come on. Well, I, maybe that's why they do it. They get like, I you know, cheap go. rates. And- <laughs> I want to go. I want to be there, but I also don't. <laughs> it's, it's well, I think it's hard. like either you get FOMO or JOMO, like a joy of missing out. Like, it's yeah. okay. It's okay if I'm not there. There, especially with all the news we got today. Um, yeah, so, you know, yeah, we're definitely. recording on Monday and this goes live on, you know, on Wednesday. But the big news in general, which I think we're going to keep hearing about this week, is Apple making the announcement um, that the Apple Vision Pro goes on sale in the US on February 2nd and pre orders start January 19th. So, a couple, you know, week and a half. And yeah, I mean, they're not even at CES and they're literally taking over the CES news. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, such an Apple move in that sense. Well, and here's the thing. This, I mean, and that seems really early. They they said early 2024. They did. Holy cow. February is early 2024. I'm thinking end of the quarter. Eh, maybe I thought it was going to be a March thing. March, April. Like oh, even, I- you know, I have a new book coming out. We even thought maybe if we timed it around March, April, because <laughs> April, you know, usually have a big You guys comp, scooped. Like, yeah. No, but I, I kind of, you know, I, I was prepared. I was prepared. I, I was like, mm-hmm. You know, I was prepared. So actually, anyone that's anyone that's listening to this, like I actually published something on Saturday, an article in Forbes, mm-hmm. and I shared that with you on what is spatial computing. <laughs> so uh, it's gotten so much, like so many views, because like, a lot of people are like, okay, what is this spatial computing thing? Because, you know, Tim Cook's first line in the press yeah. release and the announcement is the era of spatial computing is here. Um, and they're so, refusing to use key terms like virtual reality. And they we'll don't get need into to. That conversation they they don't well. need to. It's Apple. No, like they don't need to. No. So, and I mean, the device you know, I'm an Apple developer, um, an Apple Vision Pro developer, and um, yeah, I think people are going to be impressed. Uh, that's really all I can say. I cannot say anything else about the device. I just think people are going to be impressed. It's um, that. That being said, I will say it is obviously very expensive. It's three thousand five hundred dollars. So that's not, you know, something that you know mom and pop are going to go necessarily go buy just yet. Um, you know, early adopters like myself, I'm definitely going to be one of those people that's going to pre-order as soon as I can. Um, it doesn't mean everyone's going to buy it, but it's really for early adopters. I think at this juncture, it's for early adopters for maybe some enterprise companies that might be interested in using it. But it's to me, it's transitional equipment. We're, we're heading towards a V2 or V3. That's where it starts to get more interesting. But yeah, anyway, and, thoughts? Would you buy it? Are you going to buy it? Well, I'll, I will find my way to one. Yeah. Uh, whether <laughs> I personally own it or a company or a subsidiary mm-hmm. of a company owns it, yes, <laughs> I will have access. Um, how I buy it is is the question. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that speaks directly to what it is. People mm-hmm. think, oh, this is their flagship VR headset. And yeah. first off, you got it wrong just by calling it VR. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand that that concept. It is exactly what they did with the iPhone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whenever we talk about the iPhone, people immediately have flashbacks to those lines that wrapped around the Apple store and all of the, the craziness behind it. But that wasn't for the iPhone. That was for the iPhone 3G, mm-hmm. uh, which came out less than a year later than the original iPhone. The original iPhone, if you go back and, and dig through the archives of the internet, the articles that say Apple is outside of their element on the iPhone match the same articles that are coming out about the Vision Pro. It's prohibitively expensive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do enough. Uh, It it has some very magical, you know, pixie dust sprinkled in it and people are impressed by it, but it, it uh, it is a piece of hardware that does not have a consumer in mind. And the short-sightedness of this is the consumer is just not you. The consumer right now is the development companies that will spawn out of it. It is the spatial computing versions of Rovio. It's the spatial computing versions of of these, these studios that came out because they knew that this hardware was going to work. So... It, it's it's wild to me to hear people yeah. be speculative of saying, no one's going to buy this. No, no you're gonna not going to buy this. I don't want people, I don't, this should not have a high adoption rate. Let me be very No, I don't clear. think they have that many units anyway. Like No, and that's, it's, I, you know. it, it's a, dev, I don't want to call it a dev kit. It's, it's above a dev kit, right? Like, but. It's like a prosumer kind of thing. Like the way I see it, it's like a prosumer, like early adopter, prosumer, enterprise. Like those are people going to buy this and get with it play with it, try to develop for it. I agree with you. Yeah. I feel like we're at this moment that a lot of companies are going to be created. A lot of amazing companies are going to be created. We're at the cusp of that. Like we're, you know, it's such an exciting time in that sense. Some will fail, I, some will succeed. But yes, I'm I agree. So but my, my hesitation or what I am mm-hmm. concerned about, you got to always have some, yeah. there's got to be Good a wet cop, blanket bad in cop situation. Right? <laughs> I'm is, like, yay, exciting. <laughs> in, in this particular space, and I don't think that this was, I was a little, I was, I was in college, like right out of college when the iPhone yeah. came out. So I was not on the cusp of developing for it. Um, but it does seem prohibitively expensive to develop for. So yeah, it wh- is. What I mean by that is you have to have a $3,500 headset. That's an investment in and of Mm -hmm. itself. You have to have a MacBook or better with an M2 chip processor or better. At least M2, right? Preferably an M3. At least M2, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Well, I think think M2 is fine because the headset itself is an M2 device. Yeah. People, I think, have forgotten that. So, like, your M2 is good. Um, you probably could squeeze something out of an M1, but they'll never say it. No, I don't think you. Yeah. Um, when I called Apple to kind of figure it out, cause I, I did the same thing. I ended up calling, yeah. um, like you told me to, and yeah, they were like, you know, of you course they told me the M3, right? I was like, yeah, yes, yeah. give me the M3. Of course I'm going <laughs> to go for that. But, um, so you have, yeah. you have another $2,000 laptop on top of your $3,500, uh, system. And this is where it gets really hard for me is mm-hmm. you have to have a pro unity license, which is yeah. like a over $1,000 a year license to be able to develop um, with that SDK. That That Plus, is if you're using that SDK, though. Like Because you could go on using... Xcode. Granted, if you were to develop an Xcode, it's going to be a lot harder. So mm-hmm. in development hours, it might come up to be the same 
you know, the same cost. Well, and a maybe. lot of a lot yeah. of these studios or independent studios that are spinning up, they yeah. want to be able to build inside of an engine anyway. So then you've got the licensing cost for that. Plus you have your Xcode license, which that's like the smallest of all yeah. of it. So like I don't even really count that. So you're just looking at a significant investment, which what that means is it doesn't mean that you can't build a company off of it. It doesn't mean that you need a ton of startup capital to do something like this. Like all of that's still available, but you're not going to get that really smart genius college kid in a dorm developing for this. You can't. Right? Like, yeah. it, it, it's, and I think I'm, I think I missed that because that was a big part of that magic out of the iPhone is some of those early apps really were just smart people who had access pushing things. But and they I'm don't talking have to about, be, you know, like I'll tell you from, I can speak in broad terms, having been at Apple, Apple Vision Pro Labs, the amount of amazing developers that I saw there, the things they were working on, they were brilliant. Like they, yeah. they were amazing. So like, I don't necessarily think it has to be like the young kid in the, in the dorm room. We'll get there. Like that'll come. But it doesn't for, have I think to be. for now it's an amazing opportunity for people like us sure. and for developers that have been in the game in a while and for a while that can afford right mm-hmm. to develop for this. So, so I, I, I don't know. Like I, I do think it's an amazing opportunity that's in front of a lot of us. A hundred percent. I'm on yeah. board. I I'm, I'm there for it. I'm simply trying to look at it <laughs> from, is it accessible to everybody? And for now it's not. For now it's not. I think V2, V3, when we get further along. Totally. That's why I think it's an inflection point, right? That's why I tell everyone, this is transitional equipment. This is not yeah. mom. My mom and dad are not going to buy one. Like they're probably yeah. going to look at videos that I filmed in one that I have, but they're not yeah. going to go out and buy one just yet. Like V2, V3. I think that that's when we get into those inflection points. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, huge news. So obviously, you know, quite expensive. Um, but yeah. And, and then I do think, I think pre-orders like mm-hmm. are in January, aren't they? Like the 19th, 19th or something? January 19th. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I'll be in Davos. I'll be in uh, the World Economic Forum's meeting at Davos. So I'm sure it's going to be a big topic. Um, every, everything's going to be just AI Just leave me your credit card. I'll order yours right. for you. It's oh, no yeah. big deal. It might Maybe end up being an order of two. You know, whatever. It's <laughs> Just order a couple. Why not? Why don't you? Well, it's funny when the Hololens was came out. I remember saving to buy one, and now I'm yeah. like, you know, just take my money. Like I, I want this puppy. Like just give me this thing. So well, once you've been in the industry long enough, you realize oh, yeah. it's just the cost of doing business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was in the same boat when I bought my first uh, Vive headset and had to build a twenty five hundred dollar desktop to get it to run, and, and and all of this stuff. And we're talking like twenty sixteen year. Uh, the year right there and yeah it's just what kind you, of graphics you found a way card to did do you it. have like a 1080 it was a 1080 yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah i still have <laughs> I it remember um, those days. <laughs> man those 1080s were, were those graphic cards are, are, oh are workhorses but we've come so far um mm-hmm. and in such a very small amount of time it's been less than 10 years and when i see what we've seen come out just in like the quest three and what we're going to see in the vision pro it's getting small. I can't believe how fast we ditched the tether. We got wireless tethering. If you do want PC graphics, I've been, I've spent a good amount of time over the Christmas break looking at some of the new games that came out. Like Asgard's wrath is genuinely a triple a title that's crammed into the tiniest little VR portable headset I've ever seen. Uh, running natively and it's just wild to me how fast it's expanding um yeah it's 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 magical 
it is magical. Tech magic, you know, come for the tech pay for the magic, right? Um, I do think, you know, they're calling they're calling them spatial games. They, when, in the mm-hmm. announcement, there's a whole section on spatial games. They talk about Fruit Ninja, which has always been one of my favorites. <laughs> it's super yeah. fun. Uh, so it's super Fruit Ninja. There's something called What the Golf or something like that? Yeah, they got so, like a golf demo. And I've yeah. heard whispers that Rec Room is, is going to get tossed in there. Mm-hmm. I know that they're working on it. Yeah. Um, and, and so you've got a lot of this. And I... It's not mentioned, but I can't imagine like VR chat not being on that uh, platform as well. And I say that because VR chat is one of the few softwares I've seen that are already completely controllable with hand gestures. Mm. Um, so you don't need a controller to use VR chat anymore. So if you've got a Quest 3 with hand tracking, you can kind of see the direction they're going for that UI UX. And it is genuinely brilliant because uh, yeah. I always wondered how they were going to pull that off as well. And I think we'll see a full you know, line of third-party controllers for the Vision Pro as, you know, as well. The, Apple didn't hold back when they released the iPhone and iPad without a keyboard. You could still get a third-party keyboard. So there's an opportunity for, I think, some hardware uh, startups as well that we're going to see, which could yeah, be exciting. some potential interesting peripherals. I think I agree with you. And, um, you know, they've got DeMeo from Resolution Games coming. Um, I think Rec Room's definitely going to be on it. Uh, Roblox, hopefully. I mean, who knows? Like, well, let's wait and see. I just I'm 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 excited to see the, the kind of the evolution. And then, yeah, I mean, the announcement said over a million apps already that are compatible. Well, so they won't be, the thing is like, they won't be designed for spatial computing. They'll just be compatible. Yeah. Um, see, there's so, your asterisk, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the underlying tone of a lot of these flat, what you'll yeah. call flat apps, um, will be functional inside the headset, mm-hmm. which is great because there's a lot of utility that can be done with the size of screen space and those things. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Like Netflix, easy port, oh, easy yeah. port. There's no way Netflix doesn't launch on this thing. I mean, watch it not launch and then I look like an idiot, but it, <laughs> it would be such a, a ridiculous oversight for that because it's it's a pretty fast flat app port. And you hey, and all the Apple in. TV shows, like everything. Yeah. Like you're just going to watch Disney Plus Apple TV on it. Um, now, I'd love so, yeah. to see Roblox. I really would. And they've got mm-hmm. a port, you know, that, they, that they've launched for the Oculus. But as much as I love that team, they got to do something about that UI UX. It's got to be hammered and be cleaner um, because it works really well in desktop and all of your game pads and stuff like that. But their VR support needs to make a little bit more cohesive sense. And I could actually see a scenario where unless there's a specific threshold met, it just will not make it into the app store. Um, Because Apple has done that in the past when Mm -hmm. they do flagship content. Now I'm being speculative. Please no one take what I'm saying as Mm -hmm. as gospel. It's not. This is just the gospel according to Lee, which is worthless. Um, But that's what I mean. Looking at the past and the history, I could see that story popping up quite a bit. Yeah, so I mean, from that perspective, I think from an entertainment perspective, a gaming perspective, um, obviously, I see the, I see the Apple Vision Pro as eventually like a replacement to our MacBooks, not so much our iPhones just yet. Like we're not going to get there to not for 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 a bit, right? No. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it's it's an exciting time, and I just from a marketing perspective. The brilliance that is Apple <laughs> launching the news during CES. I love how they do this. Like, you know, I had the, had the whole privacy thing a couple of CSs ago, and now it's like, boom. It's like, okay, well, then what else? You know, yeah, great. It's Open a rug AI. pull. It's such a rug pull. Thing, it's just GPT joint. Store. Um, <laughs> but it's like, wait, what? So the markets are responding. I mean, they're, the, the shares were up earlier today. Um, 
mean, well, just today everything's up. I can't, yeah. I don't know what causes that to happen. That's a weird, I can't so, read the yeah, we were just talking about that unity, right? Um, Unity's unity up, news, yeah. sad, sad, more layoffs at 25%. Yeah, uh, so about 1800 uh, jobs at unity getting um, people are getting laid, laid off over a reorganization they're doing, so a lot yep. more pain. Uh, but the stock, <laughs> stock was up stock when we chatted. Up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the street, you know, the street likes what they're doing, I guess, cutting, cutting costs. I don't know. I do think at some point in 2024, and I remain very hopeful, I think in 2024, we are going to have a rebound, hopefully, on tech jobs. And hopefully in the gaming space, we won't continue to see the carnage. Really, that's the word that uh, we've seen this year, in some last year in some senses. But I feel like 24 eventually will get a little bit better when it comes to tech. It's got to stabilize at some point. Well, I hope that what we do see, and I and I'm going to say this for anyone who's listening, who just needs encouragement, who's gone through this, yeah. because what we've you and I both have so many close friends um, who've gone through this type of scenario yeah. right now. And if you have the means to take it as an opportunity to build something, go mm-hmm. build it. You don't need a company to to give you permission to go stake your claim, because each one of those companies that are laying off people stuck they. They staked their claim 20, 30, 40 years ago in a garage or an attic mm-hmm. or a basement and with nothing more than, you know, a little bit of, of, of gumption. Uh, you know, some of them kind of got a, a, an easier start than others, <laughs> uh, but it can be done. Um, mm-hmm. And and you and I have both been in those circles and it can be whew, it can be rough. But every time I see a mass layoff. It's gut wrenching, but then you hope that talent goes and does something better than what they were working on before, because yeah. uh, there is a unique opportunity in each one of those scenarios. Um, not nec- that's that's just a desperate attempt of looking for silver lining in in these situations. Um, I, I do that- think it's going to give you know the, all the layouts and, and and like new technologies and all these things that are happening with AI and now spatial computing. Yeah. Um, Lots of amazing entrepreneurs, like th- those those of us that like to build and are entrepreneur entrepreneurial and like like you know building things, eventually you know exiting and all that thing. Like I think that's th- this is a really exciting moment. Um, yes, it, it, I was having a conversation with someone. I said like this is like that moment with mobile computing or that moment, mm-hmm. you know, like this is the beginning of that because spatial computing is not mixed reality. Let's get that out of the way, okay? Right, right. Like. It's not just mixed reality, people. Okay, so stop just saying it's mixed reality. And spatial computing is a computing platform. It is enabled by many different technologies, right? Um, so we're at the cusp of this moment of, you know, yeah. right before the mobile revolution. We're at this moment right now. Like, and it feels, it feels early, but many of us that have been working in this for a long time, this is the moment we've been waiting for for a decade. And yeah, it, it doesn't feel early to me. It feels right on time. It doesn't even feel mm-hmm. late, right? Like I, yeah. I, I've always kind of sat there and gone, okay, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And then we're all of a sudden, we've yeah. got every ingredient you need to make that mm-hmm. pie, but it just took a lot of time to like get those ingredients. And I'm talking, it it, it does expand everywhere from, uh, from, inexpensive camera technology to artificial intelligence to depth sensing cameras to virtual reality and pancake lenses and mm-hmm. graphics processors baked into the actual processing chip and now you've got the R, the M2 and the R2 chips in the same headset with good OLED technology increased battery capacity all of these things IPv6 you know like all of these things were tiny little specks in a constellation that were too far apart to see the entire picture. Mm-hmm. And now we're there and we're finally able to connect those dots. 
and we're starting to see the bigger picture out of that. Um, and this and starts I, to I make agree. sense. Like it starts yeah. to make sense. Even when I have these conversations around like AI and generative AI and everything that happened last year and like, and I'm telling them like, look, this is what comes next. Like everyone, everyone in the AI space is talking about AR hardware and putting yeah. AI into something. Right. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, Sam Altman partnering with Johnny Ive and looking at AR hardware, whether it is the humane AI pin, which a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings about. Right. Or whether it's this new device that's going to launch uh, called Rabbit that's getting announced tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of different hardware we're going to see. Some is going to fail. Some is going to do great. Uh, some is going to get acquired. All those sorts of things. Right. The but thing is that hardware, it is this moment because this hardware is coming out before mm -hmm. the mass market even understands what the software is. And yeah, I do 100%. think that there's a little bit of a cart in front of the horse. I spent the majority of my holiday break introducing family members to how to use mm -hmm. ChatGPT or what it did and just watch their brains break over yeah. and over and over again. And they have, they're always asking the same questions because you are, it is that situation of like introducing you to the internet for the first time, except for now it's just one place that they're going to. And I'm not yeah. just talking just chat GPT. It's, it's any of them. If you want to look at Bard or whatever, Yeah. AI in general as a concept. Um, and I've found my own use cases for it that mm -hmm. continue to grow and expand. Uh, so to, take this very new concept that people are being introduced to and try to like force it into a thing. And you're trying to predict a market in which they don't even know what the thing is, let alone what they want, what container they want the thing in yeah. is incredibly speculative. Um, that doesn't mean they can't win. It doesn't mean that they're wrong, but it's crazy speculative. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's just kind of one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I'm going to step back and just watch them make just those watch. decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm like, don't run out and buy all the AI hardware unless you're someone like us, right. That we're, right. you know, buying these things or t testing them out. Like I love that, you know, but they end up, sometimes they end up being, you know, and just paperweights. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, paperweights in my, in, you know, in my shelves. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely this moment. So a big, you know, big congratulations to Apple on all the news. Uh, big congratulations on taking over CES. <laughs> um, I do think we'll see some spatial computing, AI wearable news out of CES as well. I mean, AI was over all the show floor yesterday. Well, Sunday at CES unveiled. Um, you know, I, I you know I know for a fact that there's going to be some interesting announcements from Siemens and um, and then you know and then obviously Qualcomm had announced a spatial computing chip of sort some sort. I remember a couple like a week ago or something. Yeah, I can't remember, but there's just a lot of stuff. We'll continue to see more news. Sam, you know, I believe Samsung's announcing other things soon. So yeah, this is by by no means the end. Just because Apple announces, this is just the beginning of of kind of this moment um, of everything. That, yeah, yeah, it, and that leads me to the conversation you and I had. Um, before the break, I said, uh, we were talking about how large, what lar large vision models and how mm. uh, the transition from LLMs to large vision models. And I said, I said something like 2024 is the year of the Apple Vision Pro. And you said, it's the year of vision. And I yeah. said, exactly. So I, I ended up titling my Forbes article, 2024 is the year of vision. It includes computer vision. Oh, wait, did vision I write Pro. that title? Was that me? You did. You did. I stole it from you. Remember, I was like, I'm going to steal that. Uh, I have the slack proof. I've re I have receipts of when I stole the title from you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I said 2024 is the year of vision, computer vision, vision pro, large vision models. Uh, so what's coming now is that concept of, of, uh, of, um, 
perception of world building of these AIs that are able to kind of interpret um, world world models and understand mm. kind of how things are. The way I explain this to people is think about a baby and think about a human brain, right? The baby is coming to the world and eventually through learning and understanding and understanding the world, right? And the spatial nature of it, they start mm -hmm. to build this world models and they start to understand this is what a stair is eventually, right? Mm -hmm. This is what the table does. Like they start to build that perception of what these world, what the world models are, right? And that's kind of what's happening right now very early on with a lot of these large vision models. Um, so I think you're going to continue to see a lot more focus on large vision models, on perception, these world building um, opportunities um, when it comes to, to the, the, the next phase of AI, right? Beyond right. LLMs and beyond just text and static images and stuff like that. So it's not about generating videos like with Runaway. It's about training these things on actually understanding the concept of, you know, of spatial, of, of something being volumetric, of having 3D, of, of having perspective. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a huge, it's, it's a place that I'm spending a lot of time and that I see a lot of really interesting work ahead as we move forward. You know, the, the fact of the matter is I think it's a space where we're all going to spend the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, it, and I, and I'm not trying to say that lightly. It's, it's just kind of like, if you would have said that sentence about the internet in 1993, the mass market would have told you like, spend the rest of your lives. What are you talking about? That sounds dy dystopian. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that was the birth of a lot of dystopian sci-fi in that era, mm -hmm. uh, just on that, that concept. But this really is one of those things that will, it, at least for me, and this is why I've, kind of not, I have not shifted any of my perspective. Two technologies in my life have ingrained themselves into my day-to-day -day quickly um, outside of like the internet because I was kind of like born into that generation. But uh, virtual reality really was a mm -hmm. major impact in my life starting in 2015, 2016. AI has proven in the last year the the coveted you remember you remember myspace in the top eight and everyone wanted to be in each other's top eight but okay so the coveted space on my web browser is whatever is in my my first tab right mm -hmm. um i got 30 tabs open but what's in my first tab that's my default it used to be google it is mm -hmm. and, and and then it kind of was like facebook for a little while and then it went back to google and then it was gmail it's ChatGPT is my mm -hmm. first tab because I'm finding myself utilizing it in my day to day, not just on an experimental, yeah. you know, standpoint. And what's crazy, I used, I used it more during my holiday than I did at work. Um, wow. because I found, because I've, I've used it on my phone all the time. Mm -hmm. I can ask it questions and get better answers faster than I can Googling something. That's a problem for Google. Hands yeah. down. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't Google anymore. That's why perplexity, which is perplexity AI. That's like my favorite. I like chat GPT, but perplexity is my favorite for research. That's when they just raised a ton of money from like Bezos and, and a whole bunch of folks. That's where I'm like, Ooh, Google, like this is, this could be tough. This is like, problematic for them. Yeah, yeah. You either require perplexity or, you know, not, I don't think they're going away at all. Like they've got cloud. They're, I mean, they're a monster, but I do think that they're probably thinking about a lot of the stuff that they're seeing. Well, as you look at, like, I'm going to, I'm going to chat GPT to like 
helped me understand how to fix things and like mm-hmm. tutorial stuff, which is what I used to go to YouTube for. That's yeah. a massive gap there. I find myself because I, I you can talk to it in the mobile app if you mm-hmm. if you have like ChatGPT four. I find myself using that more than anything, and I'll go work out or be on the treadmill. Yeah, and I. In, in that conversation, while I'm going through ideas or work or logging new concepts or whatever it is that I'm doing that day, and I'm using ChatGPT in, in that dialogue, mm-hmm. I'm adding like 45 extra minutes to my time on a treadmill or something, and I don't even realize it. Oh, that's fantastic, so yeah. There, there's just, that's when I, that's when it clicked of like, oh, this is impacting my life more than I realized it was impacting my life. I'm not staring at a screen anymore. Mm-hmm. And yet I know in the back of my head, everything that I'm working through is being logged and I'm keeping it safe and I can go mm-hmm. back to it. And, and that's, that was that's when powerful. it got me. That's powerful. I mean, that's very powerful. So yeah. oh, interesting. Well, I, it was interesting because I was, uh, I was with my son last night. We were getting ready for, you know, going, you know, for getting all his stuff ready for school. And he is like, mom, can you explain to me how these, how does like ChatGPT get trained? Like, how does that work? So then we went into this whole thing about language models. Like I tried to explain in a very simple way. Um, and then we got into the whole concept of copyright, right? Well, and that's the New York Times, right? Yeah. That's the New York Times lawsuit. So it's a good segue to that. Um, but I'll explain before, something before we get into that. Yeah, please. So he, I was trying to explain to him like the New York Times situation, right? And he was like, oh, it reminds me of one of his favorite games is called uh, Cuphead. And uh, mm-hmm. there was some yeah. issue with, with some copyright music for one of the, I, I remember he was telling me, so he understood from his gaming, like from his gaming mm-hmm. space and what he likes to do, the situation. So we got into this whole conversation. So that great, great segue into what's happening with OpenAI in the New York Times in this kind of lawsuit that's, that, you know, I, I don't know, like I... I I think you think I, I I don't know. Like I think you and I are on different sides of the fence here you when it start. comes to it. You start. <laughs> you start. <laughs> um okay, what I understand is that the lawsuit is because a lot of the um a lot of the training, a lot of the responses whenever you ask ChatGPT for example about X whatever, it'll literally apply verbatim things that were written in articles, right? Exactly mm-hmm. as it was written. Not like mm-hmm. a nuance. No, no, like exactly verbatim what was written. So what the uh, what the New York Times is saying is that it, it should begin, you know, it, this is this is not right. This is actually reproducing exactly copyrighted materials, not just inspired on or using it, et cetera. It's literally re- like adding every single word that their reporters wrote, right? So I right. think that that is part of the part of the question, is this fair use or not? I, you know, as a, as a former journalist, like for me, it's like, man, like if it's doing exactly this verbatim, like I am concerned as a journalist, what does this mean for the future of journalism mm-hmm. and fair, like what is fair use in this case? Right. So you, I think are on the other side where you think this is going to go. I, I think it's going to go the way of New York times. I think you think it's going to go the way of open AI. Oh, I don't think New York times has a, has a snowball's really? chance. Even though it's like this. spitting back, like literally verbatim. Yeah. what these reporters wrote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, Why? What do you think? Well, one, because they got more money than the New York Times and money wins lawsuits. Let me just put it out there. Like they, it's, it's the fastest growing technology company in the world. And d- d- I just don't know if the New York Times actually has 
but the does that make it right though? Like, no, I didn't no, say it made it right. No, like, I just said I don't think they're going to win the lawsuit. <laughs> like, I, I, I can. Those are two different things. Winning lawsuits and morality are not the same thing. Okay. Okay. Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> Ethics check here, Lee. <laughs> no, uh, but I'm. I'm just. That's my realist approach to it. Is like I just don't see how you win that argument. Um, this the second part of it is let's if they were to if they were able to tweak it so that the responses do not quote verbatim there's no there's no functional way to win this i don't see a way that you can stop ai like from as i understand it and we're all reading through you know nuances and 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 legal filings and stuff like that it seems like their problem is you're using intellectual property to train your model and they're not really they're utilizing the fact that it's quoting it as proof that it's using intellectual property to, to train it well it's not only training it on it it is answering using yes, yes. their and, copyrighted and, yeah, material yeah, yeah, yeah. right so and i think we we need to do a little bit more research in this and we'll see it in the next mm-hmm. couple the upcoming week but where it's a little gray in my understanding and i think yours as well is they're utilizing they're pointing to that as proof that they're utilizing copyright material for training it from what i've read the actual lawsuit is saying you can't just utilize intellectual property to train your model in which case you're then going to sell your model which they are i pay for chat gpt's mm-hmm. access um and then they're not getting any residuals because their intellectual property was used to make your software that's how i understand it um and the fact that it's spitting it out word for word is proof that it's doing that now they can easily and i think relative we'll see it done relatively quickly fix the system to not just spit out verbatim content that it has used to train it that's a that's a patchable fix um it that should have never actually happened to begin with and i agree with you on that where i do think that they're going to lose is this argument that you can't use intellectual property to train an AI model. I just don't think you can make that argument um, and win it. Uh, one, I don't think that we have enough technologically savvy uh, legal mm. judges and people in power who who can who can actually yeah. like understand the question. Um, Good point. You know, uh, I made a joke on LinkedIn when someone was talking about this is like, give it a year and chat GPT will pass the bar and will just represent itself. <laughs> and, and I believe that. Like, yeah. I honestly think chat GPT yeah, could like, probably win plausible. this argument. Yeah. Um, the, the other side of it is what happens if and we kind of have precedence on this. We have public libraries. Mm-hmm. So you write your articles and one copy gets distributed to a public library. That copy is then accessible you know, ad nauseum and in a public library for people who like it, it's, it's a wealth of knowledge that gets shared. Um, I just don't, if I'm a person and I read your work and then I go and create a, a my own like thoughts on this, or we take it and we talk about it on a podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. and we create another form of dialogue. There is no expectation that I then go back and repay the originator of these these ideas, right? Like, um, well, now, unless if you I, bought the book, right? If you bought a book, right, et cetera. But then if you're sure, going to the sure, library, sure. you're borrowing it, but there's an idea. Um, right. I guess, I, I think this year, from that perspective, from a legal perspective, I think we'll hopefully get some really interesting answers. Some presidents will be set. 
you have to um, decide if it's intellectual or not. Mm-hmm. That's the that's really what this all boils down to is is in, is artificial intelligence intellectual and can artificial intelligence own, make intellectual property? And if it can't, then it's just a tool like the internet. Like your web browser is not financially responsible for if it yeah. gives you pirated information, right? Um, you know, if I pirate something and I'm using Google Chrome, Google's not responsible mm-hmm. for delivering that pirated information, but yet that is the method in which that I I received it, right? Like, I don't know. I, you know, I, I personally, like, I... I, I do think the New York Times has a leg to stand on in some ways. I don't we'll know. See. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it, it plays it's all out. Gonna, it's all going to depend on the argument that they make yeah. and, and how it's how it's carefully worded because mm-hmm. it's it's going to be – and I got family who works at the New York Times. I want them to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, no, right? and trust me, like, for like a journalism, future journalism <laughs> thing, like I, I – we need answers, right? Um, so we'll have to see. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see – I mean, we'll keep our eyes close to the, to it, right, and and seeing what what's going on with that. Um, yeah. hmm. That's the best know. we can do. Yeah. <laughs> what else was on our rundown? See, now I'm like gone. I've got off on a tangent. Well, our producer's you know, going to be like, uh, guys. <laughs> no. Well, part of it goes back to like the, it is this intellectual property thing because one of the things that we had on the run out rundown was this idea of AI then like creating these um, generated personas of real people, and then those real people. Uh, the two examples were given were actually psychiatrists uh, that were inputted and create one researcher created an AI chatbot based on all of the works of a psychiatrist that they felt they were aligned to and could help them. And then just utilize that AI to help them through their like emotional state, which is actually really brilliant interpretation of the technology and implication, especially in a time where, we are finally in a society where it's comfortable to talk about like mental health and understanding that people need a better opportunity to access mental health. And there's not enough mental health caregivers out there. I don't know a mental health caregiver who's like, Oh gosh, I could really use more clients. Like, so where there's, where there's a drought is there functional here. And it's hard to like say AI is the right tool for this, but I can understand the necessity of it. So like now there's this question of if we take all of this person's works and we dump it into an AI and that AI can accurately recreate an Well, if the person authorizes that and the person wants to create that version of their AI, then I'm all for that person owning their AI to do what they want the AI to do, mm-hmm. right? If you own your own AI, which I, I'm a very big firm believer that, you know, your representation, your AI representation of yourself should be owned by you. So you know, we'll have to see, like, cause there's been issues, like, for example, I think someone created an AI Esther Perel. Um, she mentioned mm-hmm. it in her Ted talk, for example, um, or in one of her podcasts, I can remember, but you know, and she, I don't think she, she went after it or anything, but it was like, well, you know, that, that's yeah. Like, Hmm. Should people be able to do that? Um, I think you should own your own AI. So if the therapist is okay, training it on that and training it on what they've done and they, and they own that, then that's fine. I just don't think that a company like, you know, maybe OpenAI or someone like that's just going to go and say, hey, let me take all of this and create my own Esther Perel. Um, right. You right. know, then, yeah, well, you should be paying the name image and likeness of this person. So I think you have some protection when it comes to like trademarks and likenesses and things like that. But I don't know if like the overarching content of what that person encompasses mm-hmm. 
Like, could you create an AI that can tell jokes in a similar manner of your favorite comedian? And it's not those, it's not your favorite comedian's actual jokes. It's an AI generated comedian. I'm using something absurd here just to not make it seem so serious. Um, I don't know if that can be, if that, if there's really a way to stop that from happening. And this is a big part of where AI became part of the debate during um, the, the actor strikes. And yeah. there, there is this whole movement in Washington trying to get some bills stapled together, um, the No Fakes Act, uh, to try to like come up with a way to, to combat this. I'm just not holding my breath that that's going to do anything. I mean, well, and not in an election year, to be honest. Yeah. It's <laughs> the priorities well, are going to be very different in 24 in DC. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be a, it's going to be a weird year in, in general. It's going to be a, a g- great year for us <laughs> related to Apple vision pro and spatial computing. It's strange year for yeah. a lot of other stuff. So, um, we'll have to see. And then obviously in news we had, um, uh, we shared also, uh, there's news that Elvis Presley is coming back. Okay. Coming back, he never went coming away. back into the building. Dead. What are you talking about? <laughs> he never went anywhere. He's coming back into the building as a hologram. Um, so, so yeah, like he's gonna be. There's gonna be a show in London. Uh, so yeah, you know, Kiss. Like, okay, well, so Kiss is they make, aren't dead, I'm gonna, right? I'm, but I'm gonna make know. some enemies on this. Oh, does it matter? Oh, does see, it matter? What, what? Does Just, it matter? Like, do, does it matter? Right? Like, uh, this is. This if is, you're this my is... mom and you loved Elvis Presley, she's all in. Like, she's like, oh, but, of course, you know. Um, so, but that's what I think is so strange about this, right? So we see a lot of this technology. I, I've talked about this before. Why is the technology being adopted by the old brands, mm. right? Like, because I the would, estates want to make more money. Uh, I, <laughs> I they're agree no with longer that. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then you've yeah, got yeah. the Priscilla movies, or like there's like this Elvis moment. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I'm, and and I'm, I just kind of feel like Elvis might. If this had happened maybe 20 years ago, there was still. I mean, I don't know. I just kind of feel like the what happened with the Beatles in 2023 was kind of grasping at the edge. Mm-hmm. But it but worked. We still, it, but it worked because it worked. we have two Beatles yeah. left yeah. and they're that iconic. This just, I don't know. I just, is there enough of a Elvis fan base left? I don't know. I mean, my kids know who Elvis Presley is, which is I weird. think everyone knows about Elvis Presley. Right? The king but of like, rock do they roll. would they recognize an Elvis, Elvis Presley song? Would they want to listen to one? I don't know. Um, really, that's a really good question to ask. And when I read when I was reading the news, um, you know that scene in the Blade Runner, what is it? The the, the last the latest Blade Runner. Um, there's oh. a scene in like Vegas, and there's like um, Elvis Presley hologram. I was yeah, just like, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. seriously, it's giving Blade Runner vibes. Um, so we'll see, <laughs> we'll see, but Elvis, Elvis is back in the building. Elvis hasn't left the building. So, um, then we shared and, and, you know, and Lily didn't do this one in, um, dispatch from the edge, but uh, a bizarre $5,000 device that gives chat GPT a face that you can, Yo, get, that you can is physically so talk to. It's designed like a cyborg. It sits on your table. It's called the we head. <laughs> Yeah, we no. had like of of no. all of like why what <laughs> are you and here's the thing we all know what this is it's Max Headroom right like that's effectively <laughs> what they've done is they stapled a bunch yes. of of iPhones together and created a Max Headroom um, I kind of want that I'm not gonna lie but I don't know if I need not it at five thousand dollars not at five thousand dollars dead <laughs> and I would argue I don't need it in tangible format I could use it as an AI is an AR app in my headset or something like that. Like 
mm-hmm. ah, I saw that and I was like, well, there, that, <sighs> that is a definition of hardware looking for a client. I, I don't, yeah, I that's can't, more like I'm shock factor. Like, let's make some PR news. Like, I don't even know. But the fact that they didn't use Max Headroom is such a missed opportunity. At least that would <laughs> maybe have been the like, IP oh, they couldn't. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe. <laughs> the question of ip um anyway let's go to another uh another <laughs> bit of news from our good friends at walmart you and i have worked with walmart for a long time good friends over there um their um their team announced a partnership with unity to be able to uh start engage and start enabling uh physical world commerce in uh you know through the game engine and through mm. developing games huge applause to thomas kang john pan anyone uh over at um store number eight that worked on you know on on this partnership yeah so um, I was very early on in the beginnings of that, uh, of, of kind of their first steps in, in those spaces. So I'm just thrilled to see it. And um, yeah, very smart move from a enabling, you know, future of commerce kind of situation. It's, it, it's really smart. It gives the creators an option of like a, another financial option as well. Um, and yeah. there's this uh, overarching question. Now I do have some legal questions about this. Um mm that that are going to be pending and i think we will see many articles about it in the future and surely it would take a behemoth of a company the size of walmart to be able to cross all the t's and dot all the i's on and they this. probably did all of that i'll tell you from having worked inside and you know like yeah everything gets reviewed four or five times like so but at the same time it's a question that amazon still hasn't been able to answer either and with that amazon is, anywhere or everywhere is it amazon no, no. everywhere or amazon anywhere the one that for um no, I'm talking about the Kindle. Surprise, surprise. Oh, okay. So, Enlighten me because I have no idea where your connection here is. Tell me more. So this is this is this is what I find strange. So the Kindle, which I, I love my Kindle. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, you cannot buy a Kindle book um through the Amazon app on any platform. You can't. You have to buy it through a web browser. And the reason behind this is because Apple and the Google Play Store made a very solid argument that you're transferring a digital asset. And in that transfer, mm-hmm. they want their 30%, which eats the bottom line margin of a, of a Kindle book. So they, if you open up Amazon's app and try to buy a Kindle book, you simply can't. So the question I've got is in this partnership between Walmart and Unity, when you are making that transference in what will eventually mm-hmm. be considered an app, whether it's in the Vision Pro or in the MetaQuest or in a video game on your tablet, whatever. Switch, wherever, yeah. Is there a issue with the store client, whether that's the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, where they're going to want their part of that pie too, right? And what, what, because that's That's interesting because I mean, there's all these cases right now, obviously. There's still more cases related to, you know. It's an ongoing, it's like Mm -hmm. the quiet ongoing battle that no one really gives a lot of yeah. attention to is we've got two stores mm-hmm. and I'm and those stores are not Amazon and Walmart. Those stores are the Apple store and Google play. Mm-hmm. The, it's just a completely different way of thinking about commerce, especially when it comes to like digital assets. And there's not a strong direction on how this is going to play out, except for the fact that Amazon actually lost that argument. And that's why you can't buy your Kindle book on there because you're transferring a digital asset. Um, now you can buy, you know, anything from a house lamp to, you know, anything mm-hmm. tangible, but there's this digital aspect to what I'm reading that Walmart wants to do with unity and how the system plays out where you have a digital well, it, that brings up to a point because Amazon had Amazon anywhere, which they announced, I think it was Pikmin bloom or one of the, one of the, um, 
Niantic games where you could mm. buy physical goods in the game. Uh, it was Pikmin Bloom or it was one of the other uh, one of the other games. I can't remember which game it was um, that they launched it with. But you have to you you're in the game and then you can buy the physical good and gets, you know, like a T-shirt, let's say, with the image of the yeah. Pikmin Bloom or whatever and gets delivered to your house. Um so that's a really, really good question. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. It's just what is yeah. currently stuck in the back of my head of like, oh, I wonder how they're going to make that work. Because yeah. it is something, as Apple creates new hardware, we have to think about that. I mean, we do have a situation where digital goods, uh, non-tangible objects are going to continually be sold. And what does that agreement look like with the main store? Where's the bottom line? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so with um, Amazon Anywhere, it was with Peridot, which is also from um, by the makers of Pokemon Go. Uh, it's mm -hmm. an um, augmented reality game, and you could buy physical goods, uh, etc. So, yeah, well, let's let's definitely keep our eyes on on, on the implications there. Um, I think that you know, <laughs> good question there. I don't know. Like that's double. What if it gets double taxed, right? It's yeah, 30%, yeah, and, and it doesn't and then... really necessarily go back to the person. It goes back to the company, right? Like I, mm -hmm. and I just don't, I don't know. Uh, it's just what's in the back of my head. If I had a question, that would be my question. What I, what I am happy is seeing Walmart do this because it's kind of like seeing, I don't think a lot of people know this, but it's, it's a, uh, one of the most innovative big brands in this space that people don't talk about is Lowe's um, hardware. Mm -hmm. Lowe's, Lowe's has had a spatial computing division since before I was in this business. Like they've been on top of it uh, and they've experimented and they've been really flexible and they do all of their stuff in house. And there's some really smart people over there. And a lot of people don't realize that Lowe's is really that invested and has been for a decade. Um, and what, one of the things that they did was they took their, they realized they had this like 3d library of, everything that they sell and if they had access to the rights to those objects they actually compiled it so people could put those objects into video games so you could go get like the lowe's asset package if you were trying to build like a modern house and that you're playing your video game in, and those real objects are in there and it was free and they didn't charge anything for it and there was no there wasn't a monetization there it was just like they had it and they thought well if it's in a video game maybe that would help in the store or whatever um this just seems like to be like taking that idea and really building on top of it to make a monetization play where it makes sense for the developer and for the engine and for walmart and so for that i'm happy to see that transition it's a, it's a good step in the right direction indeed um so i think we're going to go on on a break um and then when we get back from break uh, we will do one more story and uh we don't have an interview this week because uh, you know during the holidays Everyone was busy. We're <laughs> we couldn't schedule interviews. <laughs> like people were off on vacation. We were off on vacation. So we don't have a guest this week, but that's okay because we've had a lot of really good, interesting conversations. So let's go on break. And when we get back, we'll talk about another story and also have our dispatch from the fringe and then uh, sign off and tell folks a little bit what we're doing after this. So let's go on break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, Lee. So let's get back uh, to talking a little bit about some of the news uh, that are coming out. Uh, there was news, um, I believe it was early, it was last week, right, when people got back from uh, from vacation about Ernest Klein uh, partnering with a company called Futureverse mm-hmm. to kind of to work with the IP for Ready Player One um, and kind of make the Oasis a reality. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I always know, say I hope the future is not Ready Player One because it's like you know you know I don't want to live in a you know these stacked up you know the containers stacks. and ex- escape into VR. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know, but I mean, good for Ernest Klein. I'm happy he's doing this. But thoughts? Uh, you know, Ernest. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big Ernest yeah. fan, uh, Klein fan. I really am. Before Ready Player One he had like this really interesting book of like short poems and stories. He's, he's, he was published in a few like sci-fi uh, book compilations out there as well. And then like ready player one hit in 2011. And I've, I will go to bat every time saying the reason we have VR in the state that we have it as fast as we did was because of that book, like pretty much he hit the nail on the head and he put that book out right as the cusp was happening. And he painted the vision for how VR should function. All of the dystopian and all of the running around and all that other stuff, that's all pure story, but how he depicted the technology. uh, The only thing he got wrong was the year. Um, He, he thought it would Mm. be much further down the road and we're like right around the corner. So much of it exists today that it's, it's, it's amazing. And I don't think that it would without his book and then the movie being as popular as it was. So a lot of respect Mm -hmm. there. The part about this article that really (laughs) got me was this isn't the first time we've tried this. Mm. Um, So there was at the, 2000 what i called the i love how you of, always have by the way i have to say you always have these like it's something your memory bank oh um, i don't forget I remember, like, anything post serial was it post serial had a game studio i was like wait what when people are like did you like post serial had a game studio i was like yeah i believe it so what it what tell me about what is in the memory bank here because i'm just kind of like waiting for it so in in the in the what i call the dawn of commercial vr 2016 there was a ready player one game they tried this this was before mm. the movie, but after the book. Um, and it had, they had actually done a partnership with whoever owned the intellectual property to the old video game Gauntlet. Um, and there was a few others that they were trying to recreate and it was in preparation for the movie. So there was a Ready Player One Oasis that was officially licensed that were, they were trying to buy. Now it was PC only because that was the era it was in. <laughs> and it was, it, they didn't really figure out multiplayer at this point. Multiplayer networking for VR was, was not there. It looked gorgeous. It looked amazing. I personally, I loved it, but I could see like, oh, this is a ghost town if you can't get people into it. But mm-hmm. they tried this. So this is not the first time this conversation has been breached by any stretch of the imagination. The other side of this is they also built 
the nightclub scene before the movie came out, and this was official license um, uh, in, uh, oh, my brain just went blank. I just said I don't forget things, and I forgot oh. what the name of this is. Uh, the, the music um, performance uh, oh. VR uh, software. Um, no that idea. Justin Bieber is a major shareholder in. I could oh, tell you wow. where the office is. Uh, wave, 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 wave. Yeah, there the wave. Is. Yeah. Um, well, wave, wave just was, wave. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was Wave VR at the time, and Wave VR had an amazing Ready Player One license experience where they recreated the nightclub scene before mm-hmm. the movie came out, and it was kind of like a peek in what that scene was going to look like. And it was zero gravity; you could fly, amazing. and you could have, like it was so much. Fun. All the music was properly licensed for it. I wish they would bring it back. It was like one of my favorite. Like early, we should VR have Adam things. from Wave on 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 this podcast. Oh, he would be great. He'd be amazing. Adam would be fantastic. Adam Arrigo, yeah. Um. So yeah, like we've tried this. Mm-hmm. What has me hopeful, but also has me okay. speculative, is the fact that Warner Brothers is on board. Yes. So I forgot to Warner, mention that. Yeah. Yep. Warner Brothers being on board means that there is access to the intellectual property necessary, and this was always the big problem mm-hmm. with like. Ernest Klein's vision of the Oasis is all of this IP is there. The closest thing we do have to the Oasis is VR chat. Um, mm-hmm. And that's mostly because the way it's built, I don't know how you stop the intellectual property problems yeah. that Oof. software has. <laughs> so like it's just this kind of a wild west. I've out heard there. this from so many people. Uh, even like Palmer Lucky had a conver- like it was on Twitter, I can't remember, conversation about VR chat and all the IP stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's 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 <laughs> And the way that the system works, it makes it very hard to know if there's stolen intellectual property on it until you have <laughs> actually loaded it. So, like, policing is very difficult. It's it's a very yeah. nerdy Can you imagine, problem. like, lawyers trying to go, no, like, no, no. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's so no. far <laughs> from being able to make <laughs> that argument. So hard for them. Uh, again, yeah, no. ChatGPT needs to pass the bar and become a lawyer because I just don't know if there's a lawyer. Go who can talk make this to argument. all the NPCs it's, and figure it's just, it out. <laughs> it's just wild <laughs> west out there. All the AI driven so, NPCs. This could be a lot of fun. It could also end up being like Sansar. Right, where oh, like Sansar, are they even around, or is it rest in peace? That's why I use them as an example. I have no oh, idea. Man, um, I remember you know, them. Yeah, and they and they did a good job. They of, had like, a thing with the Ready Player One. I remember did. I was at yes. HTC Vive and we were demoing it at CES. Mind you, like four years ago, like five years ago, what, six yep. years ago, whenever I worked with HTC Vive as a VR evangelist, that was a million so, years ago. Wow, this is not the first time this conversation's happened. Oh. It always makes me a little like, yay, I hope they do it, but we'll see. I can't well, I do future I, I, fab on Warner, this. I, I mean, Warner behind it. I mean, it's Ernie Klein. Like, I feel like yeah, it, it's got legs. It has, it has a real it has a real solid possibility. Yeah. Um, but let us not forget, and Warner Brothers, I love you. Please don't come after me for saying this. Warner <laughs> Brothers is the company that bought Atari and ran it right into the ground. Oh. So mm. there's a track record of how Warner can can handle gaming and intellectual properties and, and things like that. I want to see them succeed. Time will tell. All right, future or fad. And we forgot to do future or fad because we were so involved in the conversation. Well, all of everything else we talked about is future, but this one, I'm not, I'm not what I can't call it. Fad-ish. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, uh, so another piece of news, uh, more n- news on Netflix and gaming, and they're going to try to do a lot more in gaming with their IP and some of the shows. They just cut cut back on a whole bunch of shows, uh, a whole lineup of shows that they were going to have. Um, but yeah, they're going to do a lot more in gaming, so we'll continue to see that. 
Um, yeah, I think f- from a perspective, and this is just not even a question, is gaming, entertainment, and IP the future? Yes. I mean, if something, sh- if last year showed us something was, you know, The Last of Us and FNAF and, you know, and Mario and like everything, like gaming is hot. Gaming is successful IP. Um, it it so, is. And you know. I think it's a, it makes sense for Netflix to get into this space. Um, they've, they've continually done well. I think Netflix is going to do amazing in 2024 and 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of that is because we're watching a lot of all of these fragmented streaming services just pummel themselves into the ground because they didn't realize how expensive it was to like run these services when you don't have a vast and massive library. So much of the system would have been better off had they just left their content and and taken their percentage from Netflix. Um, they've, they've made one of the most convoluted disconnected systems of watching media of all time. Like there's 30 different app channels and you don't ever know who owns the rights to what when Oof. and us uh, and it, it's one of those it's things messy. where it's like it's not it's yeah. it's gotten so messy that they're making the argument for piracy again mm. and it's just like people don't actually want i don't i honestly believe this i honestly mm-hmm. believe people don't actively want to be like to yeah. pirate content if they can pay flat fee where it, it's accessible and they can get it and it's not in interrupted and you know, all of most this people stuff will like most people will pay that's the majority of people do. and netflix proved that yeah netflix did like there was this dip in piracy but now i'm starting to see it come right back up into the conversation because you can't pay 30 different companies no. seven dollars a month to watch three shows that you're interested in Mm-mm. um in humanity yeah will not just sit back and say, I guess I can't watch those shows. No, they'll go find <laughs> no, it. They will watch the shows, whether it's <laughs> maybe on TikTok in little bites, um, yeah. <laughs> which they are doing. Um, I, I do want to share something really interesting from CES, from the uh, C, C, the consumer, um, consumer electronics show, the CTA's uh, Trends to Watch. They had a really interesting data around entertainment uh, software spend. Uh, it says software spending is all about entertainment with two-thirds coming for video for video audio and gaming so audio video audio and gaming gaming huge yeah. huge 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 part of that spend so uh we will continue here in tech magic to continue covering gaming um you know it just continues to be this behemoth like just huge huge it industry. is an equal part of entertainment yeah. at this point that doesn't um, doesn't get as like, i don't understand why people don't get it like i talk to people all across the entertainment and fashion, like just like come on, guys, like this is a massive industry. Um, so anyway, I, I do want to have um, uh, Andrew Rosen from uh, from the Information. He writes for the Information. He wrote a fantastic article on executives and um, and uh, and gaming and how many of them don't get don't get it at all. Um, so I want to have I want to invite him to be a, a guest of ours. Um, he wrote a fantastic article. We'll share in the links in the information around gaming, um, we should have them on the podcast. So anyway, absolutely. let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's go to, uh, Lily from dispatch from the fringe with a weird one, starting off the year with another weird one. So Lily, take it, take it from here, Lily. Hello, Kathy and Lee. We are back with a dispatch from the fringe for the new year. And in the spirit of a wearable world and a wearable year, I have a story for you about an e-tongue. That's right. This is a device that mimics humans' ability to taste. And 
This e-tongue can identify four different tastes, saltiness, sourness, astringency, and sweetness. However, the e-tongue is based on how food should taste from online, and so it's not completely accurate because everyone tastes things a little bit differently. The study from ACS Applied Materials and Interfaces says that the e-tongue system achieved a high classification accuracy of 95% in distinguishing among six different wines and 90% accuracy even in an environment where more than one-third of the data contained errors. So when we think of a wearable world, it's not just what we can see, but also what we can taste. When this e-tongue will be available for the masses, I'm not quite sure, but get ready to augment your food. All right, Lee. E-tongue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, that, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mm. Technology that, mm, I don't know who asked for that. <laughs> Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't even I, want to ask who asked for it. <laughs> it's it's an interesting concept, though, right? So you you have, I guess, this AI powered taste sensor that can tell you what food to pair with what wine, which by and large seems like a very subjective thing to me. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If I'm all for sense, qu- though, like anything scent, but like like e tongue, like I don't know. Like, does anyone really need that? yeah it seems i mean unless you have like some type of sensory like i don't even know i don't i'm I'm not even gonna (laughs) lily thank you (laughs) lily keep 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 the weirdness coming we like the weirdness it's just yeah it was either e-tongue or zombie deer uh so yeah i'm glad we went with the e-tongue because i don't even want to talk about the zombie deer thing which is just weird (laughs) so um yeah, guys, just Google that if you're interested in figuring out the zombie deer things. But anyway, long story. Um, I'm off. Uh, I'm actually going to Munich uh, for oh, the DLD yeah. conference, which is right. a big tech event in uh, Germany. I am so excited. It is actually uh, part of the lore of the event because everything has lore now, right? Is that that's where Kara Swisher met uh, Professor, Professor Scott Galloway, and then they launched the Pivot Podcast. So maybe something serendipitous will happen to me. Uh, you know, I already have an amazing podcast, so don't worry, I'm not replacing you, Lee. Um, but you know, who knows? I'm I'm hopeful. I'm just excited going to you know into 24. Uh, invited to DLD by uh, by Steffi, their CEO. So thank you, DLD folks, for inviting me. I'll be talking about um, unlocking the future. Uh, talking about spatial computing, AI wearables, smart glasses, and kind of what, what's coming next. So I'll be there talking about that. And then I'm going to head over with uh, the DLD folks over to Davos for the World Economic Forum. Uh, I'm not speaking at the World Economic Forum like I did last year, but I am going to be participating in a whole bunch of events. I got invited to the Swedish Swedish dinner, which is a big event over there. Um, I don't know. I'm super thrilled to be coming back to Davos, um, have amazing meetings with tons, tons of C-level executives um, yeah, I have a feeling it's, and it's going to be like, I'm going to be there right before, um, the pre-orders happen for Apple and all literally every single media person that I like big media is there. So like Davos, like I'm a Davos if anyone wants to talk and interview me. Um, but yeah, thrilled to be seeing a whole bunch of folks over there and, uh, I'll be, I'll be sharing more. I'll be recording from Davos next Monday. So, and I'll be here. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be in the Swiss Alps. <laughs> so anyway, um, Lee, so thank you so much for joining me and bringing, you know, your take on all these amazing 
amazing and, and crazy stories uh, that are happening in the tech and gaming and innovation space. Anytime, every time. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to Tech Magic. Come for the tech, stay for the magic. We are thrilled to be back in 2024. We want to start thanking uh, the thanking all our listeners, all our supporters, uh, the sponsors that are starting to kind of reach out to Adweek, interested in sponsoring our podcast. Uh, we're very, very thrilled and looking forward to making this a very successful year for Tech Magic. And um, and yeah, maybe some, a few surprises along the way. Maybe some maybe some in person events. We we'll see. <laughs> Maybe a magic show? I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> you can do some magic for us, Lee. There you go. <laughs> anyway, um, but anyone, thank, everyone, thank you. Uh, please subscribe, review the podcast, and we will be back next week. I'll be in Davos, and Lee will be in Portland, and we'll, uh, we'll share more about what's going on in the world of tech. Hey there. Are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.